Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Last week I talked about there are these seasons in life when you need to move fast. There are just certain times when you don't think about it, you don't hesitate, you should just, you should just move quickly. And just by way of recap, real quick, uh, I said that one of the reason, times we should move quickly is when God tells us to do something. When God tells you to do something, there should be no argument, there should be no debate. Hey God, can we talk about this? No, just do it, okay? Just do whatever it is that God is telling you to do. I, I, the illustration I used was my father, who was a truck driver and a rather intimidating man. And when dad told me to do something, there really was no debate, okay? That only got me in trouble. Um, the best thing I could do was just do what I'd been told and, and things went a whole lot better. So when God tells you to do something, you should move fast. Second time you should move fast is when you need to ask for or receive forgiveness or, or give forgiveness, right? If there's, a, if there's an issue with somebody and forgiveness is a possibility, you should move as quickly as possible to make that happen. Reconciliation. You want reconciliation as quickly as possible. You don't want bad juju growing up between you and your relationships. That's not good, okay? You just you should move quickly and take care of that. Third thing was we said I should move quickly when I feel tempted. You should flee as quickly as you can. The illustration we used was the, from the life of Joseph who is in, he's, you know, he's a servant in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife starts coming on to him. And the Bible says that, that Joseph fled the temptation. He got out of there. And then he still got in trouble because the Potiphar's wife lied about him and, and he, he still got in trouble. But at the end of that story, God exalts and rewards Joseph for being someone who did the right things. But when you're, our temptation is, the, the thing with temptation is when, when we're faced with temptation, we want to debate it. We, we want to have a conversation with it. Like we want to entertain it. You know, don't entertain temptation. Just flee. That's the best thing you can do. Um, fourth thing was I need to move quickly when I make, when I need, when I make a promise to God. How many of you are New Year's resolution kind of people. Let me see. Our church is not big on New Year's resolutions, is what I've learned this morning. Um, I think for those of us that do make res resolutions, especially if we're believers, I think that there's a, you know, there's a promise to ourselves, but I think a lot of times we kind of turn that into a prayer. And, and it becomes something that we promise God as well. And what, one of the things we talked about last week is when you make a promise to God, you need to move quickly to make sure you keep that promise. When you tell God you're going to do something, don't hesitate. Don't, don't let a lot of grass grow under your feet. Move. Make it happen quickly. Don't, don't hesitate. Uh, the, third, the fifth time when you should move quickly is, is when I have an opportunity to do good. Move quickly when you have an opportunity to do good. I, one of the things that I follow on Twitter is I follow a lot of sports stuff on Twitter, which sometimes doesn't, isn't always wholesome, some of the stuff that you see. I follow a lot of political stuff on Twitter, which is just a cesspool right now. Um, and, and, uh, but, but one of the things that's on my Twitter feed just for me is, is uh, this one person is constantly posting, you know, like fun things with animals and puppies. And, and uh, you just, you know, they'll post, they'll post puppies and say, here are some puppies to cleanse your timeline. And I'm like, yes. Thank you, because I needed some puppies. Um, you know, when you, and, and a lot of times when I see those videos, it'll be someone being kind to an animal that's been lost or hurt or, 
um, abused in some way and, and you know just this you see this connection thing and a lot of times they'll put underneath there it costs nothing to be kind or in a world that's screwed up you know just try to be kind and and I, I that resonates with me kindness costs us nothing a smile a, a, an encouraging word you know a little extra on the tip it, it's it, it, well, here's basically what I've come to understand is if I've been blessed enough to go out for a meal, I'm probably blessed enough to leave a good tip, you know, to just encourage somebody. Just do, do what you can to be kind. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't, don't stop. Just that's something we should be quick about. Just be kind. Be good to other people. When you have a chance to serve somebody else, serve them. Right? It's just, a, it's just an easy thing for you to do, and it's a way for you to glorify God. And then the last thing we said was you should move quickly when God offers you salvation. I, I you know, spent the end of last week just talking about, hey, if you've not made a decision for Christ, that's, you shouldn't hesitate. That's something that should happen immediately, and I'll, I'll say that again at the end of today. So when we have those opportunities, we need to be quick about it. Those are times that we shouldn't even really think about it. Just move. You should just do it. Be decisive. Today, I, I want to talk to you just briefly for uh, uh, about four things, four times when you need to slow down. Four times when, when you need to kind of pump the brakes and, and let some time pass. There is a rhythm to life. There is an ebb and flow. And there are certain times you move fast and there are certain times you need to slow down. And scripture tells us that it's smart to be patient. Proverbs 14, it's smart to be patient. Uh, which is the exact opposite of what we talked about last week. You know, last week I'm, I'm, I'm on you about, hey, you know, let's move quickly. This week, when do I need to slow down? Sometimes you move fast, sometimes you move slow. And really, the art of life, in large scale, the, the art of life is knowing when to move quickly and when to slow down. That's A life well lived is going to be lived by someone who figures that out. These are, these are the times I need to be quick about it. These are the times... I need to kind of slow things down. As I was kind of preparing for this week and thinking about how this message would go, this one illustration kept coming up in my head, and I thought, you know, I want to use that, but I don't quite know where. So I'm, I've, I've put it here. Here's what I would, I would call your attention to. And this is more an illustration for the guys probably than the girls. But this is New Year's, which means bowl games and and you know, NFL playoffs, and so some of you are watching lots and lots of football, and if you're watching football, it's probably, I'd say some announcer somewhere in the course of all the football games that got played yesterday made a comment about the running back being patient with the ball. So you hear that, and you're like, well, what in the world does that mean? So at the risk of just boring you to tears, brief explanation of football, two lines, Two teams trying to move up and down the field, two lines. The offensive line is trying to open up holes for running backs and quarterbacks and, and wide receivers to receive the ball. When they hand the ball off, this guy's going to try and run up the field. He can't run through bodies, right? So holes need to open. And what, what coaches will often instruct the running back, the running back's the guy, the quarterback takes it and hands it off. And this running back now is going to try and run through the hole. What the coach will tell the running back in practice many, many times is be patient. Be patient. Now, here's the problem with that. The running back's not very big. He's been handed the ball, and there are guys that weigh 300 pounds that want to tackle him, right? 
<laughs> they mean him bodily harm. And everything in him is thinking to himself, I got to move fast. I got to move fast. I, I can't let these guys catch me. I got to make this happen fast. The problem with that is if you move too fast, the holes don't have a chance to open up. And so really good running backs are the ones who are able to pause briefly, slow things down in their head, just kind of slow everything down, let things develop, don't panic, don't get out of control, and you will hear great running backs praised for their ability to be patient behind the line. That's kind of what we're talking about today. Just slowing it, kind of trying to get everything slowed down in our minds so that we can make the, the kind of decisions that we need to make. So um, I'm going to give you four things. This is not an exhaustive list. You may leave and think, Brett, Brett missed a couple. I may have. But here's, here's the four I want to give you. The first one is you should slow down when you don't have all the facts. When you don't know everything, you, you just need to slow everything down. One of the things that seems to be valued in our culture is this idea of, of uh, compulsiveness. There, there seems to be some value placed on, on um, just doing things spontaneously. That, that, you know, the idea is, you know, if you don't think about it, it becomes more authentic somehow. Some people seem to think that that's a good thing. I tend to think that's not true. One of the things we often hear is just go with your gut, right? Just go with your gut. Follow your heart. Well, that's a terrible idea, and that's terrible advice. It's a terrible way to make a decision because your gut is often wrong. We probably all could get up here and tell a story about a time that we made a decision with our gut or following our heart, and it led us into trouble because we didn't really spend, we didn't stop, we didn't think, we just kind of followed our heart. And um, all you have to do these days, if you want that kind of advice, is turn on Netflix and watch a movie, and somewhere in that movie, they're probably going to say something along the lines of, just follow your heart. Just trust your gut. You know, it's, it'll, it'll be okay. Look inside your heart for the answer. I hate to break it to you, but your heart lies to you all the time, <laughs> right? Um, you lie to yourself more than anybody else. Jeremiah says it like this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We lie to ourselves all the time. Uh, we, we look in mirrors and we think, well, I don't really look, I, I don't look overweight. <laughs> no, dude, lose a pound or two, right? There's times when our, we, we just, we lie to ourselves. We know something needs to change and we lie to ourselves. Well, it's not really that bad. No, it really is that bad. That needs to change. Oh, that behavior is really not that bad. No, that behavior is horrible. Stop doing that. You, that needs to change. We lie to ourselves. And then there's other times when things really aren't as bad as we think it is. And I talk about this all the time, self-talk. Our self-talk, much of the time, the way we talk to ourselves is not good. I, I saw a statistic. I don't know how they measure something like this, but the statistic said that 85% of our self-talk is negative. So if 85% of our self-talk is negative, there's a good chance that some of that self-talk is also inaccurate. It's not right. You can't trust your heart to tell you the truth. Um, you, what you need is, you, you, in the new year, you, you don't want to be trusting your gut. You don't want to follow your heart. What you want is you want to find objective sources of truth. That's what you need. Objective sources of truth. What is that? I need to hear from God. Where am I going to hear from God? I'm going to hear from God through his people. I'm going to hear from God through 
uh, song. I'm going to hear from God through scripture. I'm going to hear from God through godly counsel, people who have walked ahead of me and you know, I want to find somebody that's kind of been ahead of me and that knows the Lord and can kind of help coach me through these kind of things. You don't, you don't want to just follow your heart. You want to slow things down until you have enough information to make the decision. Your, your feelings will often lead you in the wrong direction. Proverbs says it like this, enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. This is a person that gets all excited, but they don't have all the facts yet. Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. If you act too quickly, you might make a mistake. Some people, they just seem to want to, when they've got a big decision to make, you ever talk to somebody or been around somebody that they've got a big decision to make and it just feels like they want to make the decision to get it over with, <laughs> right? Like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I don't even care what the decision is. I'm just going to make it so I don't have to deal with this anymore. No, that's a horrible way to do it, right? Like, don't get in a hurry. Don't make a bad decision in an effort to just get the decision off your plate. That's not, you know, you do that often enough and you're going to be sorry. You, you start making decisions with that kind of rationale and there's going to come a point where things break down for you. Enthusiasm without knowledge is not good. So when you don't have all the facts, slow things down. I heard John Maxwell one time. John Maxwell is a leadership guru, has been um, very influential in my life and and uh, I heard him say one time when it comes to making decisions I try to make decisions as late as I can and then he went on to explain that he said the later I wait the more information I have and I can make a better decision if they're going to give you a week to make the decision take the week if they give you a month take the month right if you've got time to make a decision spend time collecting the information necessary so that you can make a good decision. Uh, Proverbs 8, 18, 13 says this, how stupid to decide before knowing the facts. Knowledge is power. Get the facts, and until you have them, slow down. Another instance when we, we need to move slowly, first of all, is when we don't have all the facts. Second of all, when I'm hurt or angry or depressed. When I'm hurt or angry or depressed. Never make a major decision when you are hurt or angry or depressed. I, I can look back over my life and I can see where I made certain decisions based on being hurt or angry. I don't, I don't, that's not as much of a problem for me as the first two. The first two, definitely. I can look back over my life and see where I made decisions where I was either hurt or angry and if I'm totally honest, I go, you know what, that, I made a horrible decision. That wasn't a good decision. Um, I can also look back on times in my life when I was tempted to, to make a hasty decision because I was hurt or angry, but I allowed myself to cool off. I, I kind of allowed myself to chill out a little bit, and, and uh, I, I made a different decision than I might have made if I was angry. I give this piece of advice all the time in counseling, and this is, I would give this to you. When, when you encounter a situation where you are hurt, you know, sometimes people say or do something and you're just offended, right? Or you're hurt or you can't believe that they would do that or say that. Um, they said something and it hurt you so severely. And, and what happens in those moments is things start hitting the back of our brain that want to come out of our mouth, right? We want to talk. We want to say things. And this is my advice to people. When that happens, you have two choices. You can either 
indulge your tongue for 20 seconds and let it say all those hateful, nasty, awful things. And yes, it feels good in the moment to put somebody on blast and let them have it. You can do that for 20 seconds and regret it for the next 20 years because that's what happens sometimes. Or you can hold your tongue for 20 seconds. Just sometimes... If you could just hold it for 20 seconds and not indulge your tongue and be thankful for the next 20 years that you didn't say something that you had to walk back or maybe that sometimes, you know, you can't even take it back. It's like toothpaste out of the tube. Once it comes out, you can't put it back in, right? So you just, you gotta, you gotta slow things down. When you're hurt, when you're angry, when you're depressed, slow down, cool off, let things Calm down. James chapter 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There's a, there's a rhythm there. Quick, slow, slow. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Here's the thing. If you do the first two right, if you're quick to listen and you're slow to speak, the odds are that you are probably going to be slow to be angry. And, and that's really what we want, is we, we don't want to get angry. It's, anger becomes a, a problem for us. And so, um, you know, what happens with us is we get the order mixed up. What happens to us is we, we're slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to get angry, and that's when all the problems start. And we mess up relationships as a result of that, and we have conflict in our life, our friendships get wonky, our marriages go south, because we're too quick to speak and we're not slow to speak, and we're not slow to anger. So we, we just, you just need to slow down. Proverbs says it like this. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered makes foolish mistakes. Proverbs 15 says this. The godly think before speaking. Put your mind in gear before you put your tongue in gear. You've said this kind of stuff to your kids, right? You've taught them this, this kind of stuff, especially on social media. Can I talk about Facebook for a minute? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I, I, I don't use, have never used, don't know anything about Snapchat, but I know it's a thing. Uh, whatever social media you are on and whatever social media you use, listen to me. You are not going to change the world through your social media page. Did you hear that? You're not going to change the world. On Twitter, you used to get 140 characters. I think maybe now you get 280 characters. Are you really going to change the world in 280 characters? No. Right? It just amazes me how self-important we feel sometimes when we get on social media, and I, you're, listen, you're wonderful people. You guys come to Cross Lane. You're more intelligent than the average person just because of that, okay? So I get that. But let me just explain to you what's going on on Facebook and, and Instagram and, and Snapchat and Twitter and all those things. Let me, let me tell you who's there. Bunch of lonely, depressed, aggravated, attention-starved people who are just looking to stir up trouble. They're miserable, and they want you to be miserable. You know, they call them trolls. There are people that are out there that all they're looking for is to stir up trouble. They, they, they're not happy, and they're not going to be happy till you're not happy. And, you know, you get on there, and you see something, and they make you mad, and 
Next thing you know, you've been sucked in by some troll saying something to you that made you mad. Um, goodness knows in the current climate we've got, it's easy for that to happen, right? And it's just a bunch of unhappy, depressed people. If your life is saturated by social media, you are going to become like whatever it is that you surround yourself with. And, and I, this next part, I don't know that I'm going to say this just right, but I'm going to try, okay? Boy, that perks your ears up, doesn't it? It's like, oh, he might just step in it right here. Everybody fancies themselves a preacher. <laughs> um, I think that if, if you were totally honest with yourself, there's probably been a time that you've been sitting in this room and you've thought to yourself, I wish I could do what he does. I wish I could get up there and have the microphone and, and have everybody listening to me so I could stand on the stage and tell them how to live their life. I, would, I got some things I'd like to say. Let me tell you what comes with this. Every time I put this microphone on, every time, I'm very aware of the possibility of me stepping in it. That's why I say, when, when you are listening to a public speaker, you need to give that, whoever it is, on whatever scale, you need to give a public speaker, anyone who wears a microphone, always give them grace, okay? Because it's really easy to put one of these on and say something that, that hurts people. I know for a fact that, that I have gotten up on stage to, to talk about God and to try to help people in their life, and I've said something that was offensive to somebody. I've said something that hurt somebody's feelings. I've tried to be funny, and it wasn't funny. It was hurtful. And I've had to go back and, and go to people and say, you know what, I'm sorry that I said that. I was trying to be funny, and I didn't think about you, and I didn't think about your circumstance, and please forgive me. And, and the thing is, we, we would all love to have an open microphone sometimes, right? To be able to get this stuff off our chest and say things to people and just kind of let them have it. And Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those kind of things can, is really, if you think about it, it's nothing more than an open microphone. But here's the thing. Not everybody should have an open microphone. Can we agree on that? Not everybody should have an open microphone. And here's the thing you need to understand about an open microphone. There is a huge, huge responsibility that comes to me every time I put this on. Every time. When I put this on, I understand I have the chance to either help people or really hurt people. And I've gone back and listened to sermons, and I'm listening to an old sermon, you know, I'm like, Brett, did you really say that? Goodness, what were you thinking? And the fact of the matter was, I probably wasn't thinking. Right? There are times that you just, you got to slow things down. And, and when you're on social media, that's one of those times. Here's the thing. When you get ready to tweet something, post something on your Facebook page, this is, what, this is a new exercise. Let's try this for this year, okay? The word for the, the new year when it comes to social media is Humility. Humility. What is my goal? When I write this on this page, when I tweet this, when I put this on Facebook, what is my goal? Am I trying to elevate myself? Am I trying to hurt someone else? Am I trying to de-elevate somebody else? Am I taking a, a am I digging somebody? Am I, you know, my, what's my motivation? Do I need attention? Am I just doing this so that I can get attention? What's my motivation? And, and 
as you slow down long enough to think about that, hopefully what will happen is you'll select your words a little more carefully. And you'll, you'll say things a little more strategically and in a way that, that doesn't hurt the cause of Christ. Because the biggest problem, for me anyway, on social media is when I see Christians, you know, you go in their profile and it's like Christ lover, Christ follower, husband, and, um, you know, it's just, I saw a woman on Twitter one time and she said, I'm sick of these men who say they're Christians hitting on me when it says they're a Christian and they're married. And I'm just like, (laughs) what are you doing? Slow down. Slow down. Think about what you're doing. Uh, A microphone, an open microphone is a huge responsibility. And so you just need to, you know, if you're hurt, if you're depressed, if you're angry, stay away from social media until you can cool off a little bit. Proverbs 15 says it like this. Losing your temper causes trouble, but staying calm settles arguments. So you should go slow when you don't have all the facts. You should go slow when you are angry or uh, depressed or, or you've been hurt. And then number three, I should move slowly when making a major decision. I should move slowly when making a major decision. Now there is a whole sermon right there on that one point. Um, some of you are going to be making some major decisions in the new year. And I'm just telling you, if you don't slow down, you're going to smack into a wall and you're going to either hurt yourself or you're going to hurt somebody else because you didn't slow down and think it through and you didn't take some time to pray about it and seek God and to get some counsel. You just, you move too fast, right? So you just got to slow down. You're in a hurry. And if you, if you make a decision in a hurry, the bigger the decision, the bigger the chance there is for regret. So you just want to be careful about that. If you're... There's young people in the room. I can see you, and, and I'm going to say something to you, um, and then I'm going to come behind it and clean it up, okay? But I'm just going to say it the way it is. If you're, getting, if you're thinking about getting married, or if you think one day you want to get married, here's my advice to you. Two words. Slow down. Slow down. Now, you hear that and you think, well, Brett's against marriage. No. No, I'm a happily married man. There's a lot of happily married people in this room. I'm looking at them, happily married, okay? Marriage is a great thing. But you can mess that up in a hurry if you get in too big of a hurry. If you don't slow down, if you don't, you need to, you need to see your future spouse in all the other seasons that they can go through. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, you need to see them. What you're after in a future spouse is a good decision maker, a person of poise, a person of grace, hopefully a person of faith, someone who, who's able to hold their tongue, someone who is, is uh, pretty tough, you know, and able to, uh, can take a little bit. They, they don't get offended really easily. And so what you're looking for is you want to see somebody go through all the seasons of life. You want to see them when they're grieving. You want to see them when they're happy. You want to see them when they're sad. You want to see them when they're hurt. And disappointed you want to see them when they're broke you want to see them when they've got a lot of money and see how they handle having lots of money and as many different situations elated sick you want to see them in all of those different seasons so that you will know what you're getting why because dating is a phony environment <laughs> okay I've lost track of how many people have come into counseling with me and, you know, it's always fun when you're doing marriage counseling because they walk in and I'm watching body language, right? 
and and sometimes they sit down and there's like two chairs between them and I'm like uh oh well, this this not good but I'll look at him I'll say what's the matter and she you know either he or she will point to the other one and they'll say this is not the person I married we, we got married and they changed. They weren't like that when we dated. Well, of course not, because when we were dating, you're putting your best foot forward, right? I mean, when your husband was dating, he actually put deodorant under his arms and, and washed his hair and brushed his teeth and actually used mouthwash and, and even put on some good smell and stuff, right? He was trying to impress you. He was putting his best foot forward. What cracks me up is the guys that they're dating this girl, you know, and they will spend three hours with them on the phone. Guess what? Once he gets married, he's not doing that. Men, I'm, married men, show me your hands. Married men, how many of you spend three hours on the phone with your wife? Nope. Not interested. I'll do that to marry her, but I'm not doing that afterward because we're putting our best foot forward, right? Here's a hint. We hate talking on the phone. But we did it for three hours before we got married because we wanted to, we were, you know, we were a man on a mission. I'm picking on guys, but girls are the same way. They put their best foot forward. They show their best self. And then they get married, and it's like, they, they, who is this person? I, you know, what happened to the, the girl I was dating? Because she was a man on a mission. He was a man on a mission. Choosing to go slow when you could go fast is an incredibly smart thing to do and it is an incredibly mature thing to do. And when you are getting ready to get married, smart and mature, you want, you're looking for all that you can get. Proverbs 21, 29 says, wicked people bluff their way through life, but God's people think before they take a step. What major decision are you facing right now that you just need to slow things down? I just need to slow it down. Let me think about this for a minute. Hold on, hold on, let me, let me don't rush it. Hit the brakes, press, press the pause button, let's just slow it down. There's a time to go fast, but when you make a major decision, that is not one of those times. That's a time when you need to slow it all down. Proverbs 4.26, ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. Ponder, think about it, meditate. Here's what I know. You can't ponder fast. <laughs> Just those two things don't fit in the same sentence. Ponder and fast don't belong in the same sentence. When you ponder things, you're 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 taking time. You're you're weighing options. You're being reflective. You're being introspective. You're, you're taking stock. This applies to career moves. This applies to marriage. This applies to ministry. It applies to financial stuff and financial decisions. Scripture says in, in Proverbs 22, sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will, will, will walk right into it and regret it later. You want to know one of the places where uh, we are most susceptible to being impulsive with our decisions and it gets us in trouble? With our finances. We have a tendency to, to make bad decisions financially and it, usually it's because we, we do it impulsively we do it quickly, and we don't slow down, and we don't think about it. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Plan carefully what you do, and you'll have plenty. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. What we're talking about here is a budget, okay? If you're somebody that has uttered in the last year, I don't know where all my money went, or why don't I ever have any money? My advice to you is nip it in the budget. 
Nip it in the budget. How do you spell relief? B-U-D-G-E-T. Get a budget. Know where that money's going, okay? Slow down. Here's a question for all of us. What do I need to do today in order to get to the place I want to be tomorrow? It takes planning. It takes slow thinking. Finally, number four, I should move slowly when I am waiting for a seed that I've planted to grow. The Bible talks about sowing and reaping, harvest. Plant, you plant your seed, and then you reap a crop. If you plant kindness, you reap kindness. If you plant joy, you reap joy. If you plant positivity, you reap positivity. If you plant anger in your kids, you're likely to get anger out of your kids, right? But but here's the thing about planting. There's always a delay between the planting and the harvesting. You don't put a seed in the ground one day and then come back the next day and hi-ho, there's a crop there. That's not how it works. There's always a delay between the sowing and the reaping. Ecclesiastes puts it like this, very familiar verse. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to scatter and a time to gather. Everything starts as a seed. Your life started as a seed. But unless the seed is planted, nothing happens. And once you plant it, you don't get a harvest immediately. You always reap in a different season than you sow. You you might be going through a season right now where you feel incredibly generous, right? Like you're just sowing generous seed. You're you're benevolent to other people, you're kind to other people, and you're positive. And you might be going through a season right now where you're, it seems like you're giving a lot, but you know, in your quiet time, you're probably thinking, God, I'm, there's not a whole lot of that coming back to me right now. My advice to you is, that's probably going to come in another season. When you sow in one season, you reap in another season. We, we have a tendency to, to want everything now. Uh, farmers can't be like that. Farmers have to be patient. They put the seed in the ground. You reap in another season. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says this, keep on sowing your seed for you never know which will grow. Perhaps it all will. Now, 2020 has been a brutal year, has it not? Would you agree with me that 2020 has been kind of brutal? Um, But here's the thing. You stand on the precipice of a whole new year. There's a, there's a whole new year out there. And just like 2020 was coming and we didn't know everything that was going to come with 2020, 2021 is the same way. There's stuff out there. We have no idea what's coming. Don't know how it's going to hit, what it's going to mean, how it's going to go. But here's what I do know. How we respond to some of that can, can determine whether or not 2021 is good or bad. How we respond. I had a really good friend one time said, Brett, the only reaction you can control is your own. It's great advice. There are going to be things that happen to you in 2021, and your response to those things, the decisions you make, how you, are you, were you able to slow yourself down and think some things through before you decided to speak or before you decided to spend or before you decided to tweet or post or whatever it is? Did you slow yourself down a little bit and give yourself a chance to, to say, okay, what, what am I going to plant right here? I want to plant the kind of things in 2021 that are going to return to me a good harvest. If I plant seeds of love, then I want to receive seeds of love. If I'm going to plant generosity, I can expect 
generosity, patience and kindness, financial seeds and, and tithing kind of seeds. When you plant, you should always expect to get more back than you put in the ground. When you put a single kernel of corn in the ground, you come back in, in harvesting season, you get lots of kernels of corn out of that one. That's, that's the law of, of, of sowing and reaping. You always get back more than you planted. Now, this is absolutely true with things like kindness and generosity, and it's also true when it comes to the negative things. If you're sowing anger, if you're sowing je jealousy, then you can expect that to come back in your life. Now, it's possible that you have been faithful, and you have sowed good seed, and you're just not seeing a return on that, and you're thinking to yourself, well, when does that come, you know? And you're, maybe you're discouraged. Let me show you this verse. This is Habakkuk chapter 2. At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. There are times you need to go fast. There are times you should not hesitate. You should step into it. You should move as quickly as you can. And then there are other times, like we've talked about today, and we tried to coach you over the last two weeks when to do it fast and when to go slow. You just need to slow down. You need to trust God's timing. You need to let him inform your decisions. To end today and to start our new year, I want us to pray a prayer together. This is Solomon's prayer, and this is beautiful. I'm going to ask you to just read this with me out loud. This comes from 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 58, um, the message version. I just think this is beautiful. Read this with me. May God keep us centered and devoted to him, following the life path he has cleared, watching the signposts and walking at the pace and rhythms he laid down for our ancestors. There is a pace and a rhythm to life. Sometimes you've got to move fast. Sometimes you've got to slow down. I want to return to last week's message for just a minute. One of the things that blows my mind, one of the times that you should move fast is when, when we said last week, when, when you are offered a chance for salvation. And it, it, I never cease to be amazed whenever I present the gospel to somebody and I, we talk about, you know, hey, do you want to give your life to Christ? I've never understood why somebody would, would, would say no to the deal of, I'm going to take all of my sin and all of my downfalls and all of my petty jealousies and anger and depression or whatever, and I'm going to cast all that on Jesus, and in return, I'm going to be forgiven, and I'm going to have a clean slate, and I'm going to know that no matter what happens, I'll never be separated from God again, and I'll have an eternity to look forward to spending time with God. I've never understood why anybody would say no to that, why anybody would go, eh, don't think I'm ready that what's not to be ready for who, who doesn't want to be forgiven everybody wants to be forgiven so if you've never given your life to christ if you've never said yes to forgiveness that's one of those times you shouldn't be slow that's one of those times you should move extremely fast and if that's you and you're thinking about doing that man, i would love to have a conversation with you that is my favorite conversation to have when people want to know more about jesus for the rest of us 2021 <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's coming? Who knows what's coming down the line? Just like last year, this time, we had no idea what this last year was going to look like. But here's what I know. You put a smile on your face. 
You belong to Jesus. You live your life for him. You make your decisions informed by what the Lord would have you do. You, you walk in such a way that you know that God is with you, he is for you, he has you in the palm of his hand. Nothing's going to happen to you that God doesn't know in advance. Nothing's going to happen to you that surprises God. You just kind of approach the new year with as much positivity and love and benevolence and generosity that you can. And you trust God to walk with you and take care of you. And when something happens, pause. Think it through. How do I want to respond? How can I do this in a way that gives my Savior glory? Because that's what we want to do. So let me pray for you for your new 2021, okay? Let's pray together. Father, um, this time last year, we, had, <clears throat> we weren't thinking about masks and contact tracing and vaccines and things like that. We, we, politically, we weren't thinking about all the stuff we're thinking about now. Lord, we didn't see a lot of that stuff coming. And maybe we handled it well, and probably a lot of times, Lord, we just flat out didn't. But as we look out on a new year, we have a new opportunity. And I pray, Father, as we've kind of spent a couple of weeks talking about when we need to be quick and when we need to be slow, I pray that we would kind of take some of that to heart. Understanding that as we make good decisions, it typically makes life go better. And the decisions are better when we include you in them. And so, Father, may we be consulting you. May we be hearing from you. May we be reading your word, talking to your people, listening to your voice as we go through this new year. I, I pray your richest blessing on the people in this room in the new year. Father, we love you. We honor you. We worship you in these moments. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.